0: Uh, Church in the Valley. My name is Alex Barrett and I'm the campus pastor here. It is a pleasure to be with you today and to spend the last day of 2017 uh, with you all. Uh, Today I am going to be speaking from a a standalone message. A lot of times here we have message series that span across three to four to six weeks. But today uh, this is just kind of a one-off message in which I'm just going to share uh, some things that I've learned uh, over this past year. Some lessons that I've not necessarily learned for the first time, but the lessons that kind of keep coming up uh, in my life. And uh, today's message is called Onward and Upward. And then next week, uh, John Rickert is going to be speaking, also kind of like a standalone message. And he's going to be speaking in the new year on what does it look like to put God first in your life. And so I encourage you to, to come back uh, for that. But today, like I mentioned, I'm going to be speaking on onward and upward, and that's kind of one of my favorite phrases. I don't know if you've heard that before, but this idea of onward and upward, it's keeping going, making sure your your eyes are on the goal that you you have uh, for your life. And certainly all of us, as we're looking at this past year, about to head into a new year, we start to think of goals, what the new year is going to look like, new year's resolutions, how long will those last before they break? And I think a study is by March, they're completely toast. OK, all New Year's resolutions don't last that long. However, it is still good to reflect and it's still good to make sure that our goals and we're on the right track uh, in life. And certainly uh, if you're a Christ follower, uh, our our goal is to actually please uh, Christ in, in everything that, that we do. And so onward and upward is this idea for the Christian of how do I make sure that I keep my eyes on following God in the midst of a changing world? in the midst of change in my life, and overall, in the midst of unknown. And I think I first heard kind of the, the popularity of the phrase onward and upward from C.S. Lewis, who wrote, among many books, The Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, Narnia, uh, in the first one, he, he says, Onward and upward, to Narnia and the north we go. It's this idea of, like, let's, let's keep going. Let's get to the north. Let's get to Narnia, the place in which we, we are meant to go. Uh, but there's actually somebody who, about 100 years before C.S. Lewis wrote that, wrote a poem. And uh, this poem represents, I think, a lot of kind of the spirit of this time of, of year, which is, you know, looking back and, and looking ahead. And so on the screen, you'll, you'll see a poem by Frances Ann uh, Kemble. And this is what she wrote. A sacred burden is this life ye bear. Look on it, lift it, bear it solemnly. Stand up and walk beneath it steadfastly fail not for sorrow, falter not for sin, but onward upward till the goal ye win on the way over here. My son was reading this poem and he was like, ye bear, what does ye mean? You know, we're having a little lesson in like at the old English, but the idea is lots of things are hitting us in life. And some of it's just sadness and things that are overwhelming. Some of it's sin where we messed up, but in the spirit of what she's writing, it's this idea of you, you you have to keep going, you have to keep your eyes on where you're headed in life. And that's kinda of what I want to talk about. The things that in my own life have helped me, despite my shortcomings, despite my failures, despite even at times overwhelming just sadness uh that, that we faced. And so for many in twenty seventeen, it's been a year that they're just gonna be glad to be done with. And some of you as you're looking ahead to twenty eighteen are really excited about what the new year has to offer. Um there's two types of people, though, a lot of times, a lot of times as a new year comes, it's kind of a clean slate, new opportunities, new adventures to be had. And then there's also new unknown, new worries, new new concerns. And if you're like me, I'm certainly excited about the future. But at the same time, I'm a pretty mixed bag. And as soon as the excitement comes, I can be kind of overwhelmed with the unknown, the things that I call the fog of life. In Southern California, we don't experience fog that much. There was a little bit this morning. And fog in Southern California is like, oh, there's something out there. But fog in different parts of the world and the country, a fog can be a dense, just patch where you can't see hardly anything. I mean, you could hold your, your hand up, and with dense fog, you, you think it's there, but you're not sure because you can't see it. But the unknown, the future, uh, is a lot like fog. And as we wrap up a year, as we head to a new one. We, we're, we're all in the fog. And so I want to kind of talk about how do you navigate the unknown of the future as well as reflect on the past and kind of where we've been to really maximize where, where God wants to lead us this this next year. And so whether you're excited or overwhelmed or you may be not even thinking about it, you're like, thanks, Alex. Like, I just want to enjoy my last day of 2017. But it's good. It's good to kind of think it's good to to reflect. And so I want to kind of encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, Here's an overarching principle that I found in my life that I have to keep coming back to again and again. This helps me onward and upward. This helps me to keep kind of my eyes on God as, as he leads me forward. And that is God wants us all of us to face the future with faith. Faith is something that you cannot get away from if you decide to follow Jesus. In fact, faith is something you can't get away from in life. All of us put faith in something. Uh, it could just be different depending on what we put our life on. It could be a relationship. It could be our work. It could be the success that we want. It could be the plans that we have. We all put our, our faith in something that we can't see. And, and faith, for the Christian, is really this idea that God is true to his word and he will lead me forward even though I don't know that yet, faith is the idea. That it's not happened yet. I can't see it. And Second Corinthians speaks to this, and it says that we we live by faith, not by sight. That is a, a short verse, but that verse has been so helpful in my life because many times as I face the unknown, as I kind of face these times, as I'm heading into a new year, I'm thinking about all that I. I want to know and all that I do know. And there's this, this gap. What does the future hold? I, I don't know. What's going to happen to my kids this next year? I I don't know. How are ends going to meet? I, I don't know. There's so much that I don't know. But faith is the understanding that if, if I follow Christ and I actually do what he says, he is going to take care of me. And that's been true of my life again and again. And so I can walk by faith into the unknown fog, because as I look back on where he's led me, he's always taken care of me. And for me to, to move onward and upward and to keep my sights on where I need to, I, I need to always look back and say, you know, what? God has been faithful. He's taken care of me. He's provided in the midst of the things that I didn't know. He came through right when I needed him to. And so that's the idea of faith. I can't see it. But I believe that God's going to take care of me. And why do I know that? Because he's taken care of me in the past. And that's what the Christian life is about. It's an adventure of following God. And the idea of fog is is God is not going to let you know all of the plans for your life from now until the day you die. The reason is, if God let us know everything in our life that was going to happen, everything that we were going to encounter, every obstacle, every blessing, then we actually have no need for God. Because if we know everything, then we're like him. But there's just a part of the human experience where there is the unknown in life. And no one knows the future. And frankly, I'm I'm thankful for that because the unknown future allows us again and again to keep relying on a relationship with God. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to lead us forward in the fog. The fog won't completely lift because we need to keep relying on him around the turns, around the curves. And this is how God has designed life to work. There's two kind of warnings in my own life that God reminds me of again and again that messes me up as I'm trying to walk in faith. So if faith is trusting God in the fog and the unknown, there's a couple things that I can tend to do that are like turning the high beams on in the fog. Have you ever done that? You know what the high beams are, where you just, it's that like extra, extra light, where if you're driving on like a dark road without fog, it's kind of freaky. You're like, oh, I see a little too much. But if you're driving in the fog and you turn the high beams, it actually reflects off the fog and it's it's harder to see. It's very counterintuitive, right? Because you think more light is what I need in the midst of the fog where I, I can't see. But if you turn the high beams on, it actually makes driving, more difficult and it's hard to navigate and you can cause a lot lot of problems for you and others in your car and others on the road but there's a couple things that we can do in life that are like turning the high beams on god says you walk by faith you trust me but these two things i have to stay away from and here's the first one i have to keep being reminded by god that i i can't try to find a magic key that will unlock the future that i desire I don't know if you've ever been in a facility like this, but the, the custodians and the maintenance guys have the keys, and I, I call them the magic keys. And the magic keys are somehow those master keys that unlock every room in a facility like this. Have you ever seen those? And it's amazing. It just, it's a master key, and it unlocks almost every single room and building an entire facility. That's really helpful for a custodian who can't have 20,000 keys to be able to get into the access to the different places they got to go and work and help people and all that. When well, life, that's kind of what we want. God, just give me the one key that allow me to get through every obstacle I face. And oftentimes the magic key is our way again of trusting in ourselves over God. Because if we have a magic key, all we got to do is just turn it and we go through any obstacle that we face. But in the fog, there are no magic keys. In the unknown, there are no magic keys. Some of the magic keys that we look for oftentimes is like a new relationship. We think, as I face the unknown, as I face this future, life will really come together if I have this friendship. I don't really have this close friendship. I don't really have this best friend. All I need is this friendship. Or maybe you, you long for a, a relationship with someone that you can like walk with life like a romantic time. You think if I only have this boyfriend, or if I only have this girlfriend, like life will come together. If I could only have this spouse. If I could only have this child. And, and again and again, we think that we just need one thing that we long for, that we really want. And life will unlock for us. Now, relationships, families, success, career, th- those are actually blessings from God. But they're also stewardships, meaning he gives us things and they become responsibilities. So magic keys that we think will unlock the future for us actually end up making life even more complex. And the older I get, the more I realize that life is more and more complex. And there's no magic key. There's no one thing that I can do in my life that will unlock it all. But you know what? If you were to Google. New Year. Do you know how many ads and how many people promoting magic keys you would get? It's crazy because there's something in us that we want the easy way. As we face the unknown, as we face the future, what's just the one thing I need to do to get me to my goal? But in life, there's no magic key. So that's the first pitfall is don't try to find that magic key, that one thing that's going to unlock life for you. It's It's not there. Because the more things you have in life, actually the more complex life gets. The second kind of high beam that we face, where the fog gets a little bit thicker, is once we find the magic key, we then kind of go into what formula do I need to implement to, to move forward? And so don't try to discover a formula that will guarantee your success. How many of you love guarantees? I love guarantees. In fact, if somebody offers a guarantee to something like I'll buy it, I don't even want it, but if that guarantee it's guarantee. I don't even need that, but it's guaranteed. There's no cost, no loss. And in life we want the same thing. So what tends to happen is we think there's one thing that we, we want and we long for and we think if God gets me this, I'm going to love him forever. Or if I get this, there's no more worries. And then what happens is we think, okay, this will open the door. And then we think the formula, the strategy, the strategy, how life is going to work. But again, there's no formula for life because, you know, even as you get things and blessings and responsibilities and the things that God wants us to handle, part of the reason life is so complex is because of us. Our hearts because no magic key and no formula for success helps us deal adequately with our own hearts. My heart is, is mixed. There's good and there's bad. But I can be selfish. Actually, every day I'm selfish. And I can be stubborn. And I want what I want, and I want it right now. So even if I have the magic key and I have a formula, I keep messing it up. Because that's who I am and my heart is mixed and so what magic keys don't do and what formulas don't do is they don't actually change me they don't actually change you so what we need to move onward and upward is not a magic key and it's not a formula for us to walk by faith god's promise not a formula but he has promised to be our guide And that's a lesson that I've been learning again and again. It keeps coming back. If you're trying to figure out what Christianity and following God is, what you can never get away from is the fact that God as your father wants to lead you forward. The fog won't completely lift. It only lifts completely for God himself who knows all, sees all. For us, the fog is always there. But what God says is you don't need a formula. You don't need a magic key you have me i give you myself to lead you forward and that's exactly what we need we need a guide because a guide shows us the pitfalls a guide maneuvers us around obstacles even the ones in my own heart a guide god who guides us changes us and that's that's what we what we need so god doesn't give us a formula but he has promised to be our guide, Joshua one nine. this is a scripture that I've read numerous times this year, and every time I read it, God just gives me a, a new insight. And this was written a long, long time ago, as Joshua was taking over the leadership from Moses in the Old Testament. And he was going to be leading the Israelites to you know, inhibit the land that God had given them. Under Moses, Moses had led them, but because of their sin and the rebellion, they were wandering in the desert. And they hadn't experienced... Really, the the promise of the blessing that God had given them from their own choices. Again, their own hearts, just like us. But Joshua was given the task, you will lead my people to the promised land, the land that I've given them, the land to bless them. And you may think like, wow, great. Joshua is going to get to be a part of the best adventure for them getting out of the desert into the promised land. But to do that, that meant the promised land was going to be actually battles after battles after battles. And miles after miles of treks and hikes, many many days filled with fog. So Joshua was taking over from the leader that the Israelites have really—that's all that they had known. Moses, who had taken them out of Egypt, rescued them, and through all the ups and downs, was with them. And, and he died. Now it was Joshua's turn, and God gives these these words to Joshua, which our promises for us today. And it's this idea that he, he will guide us. And re, read what he says there on the screen. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. The idea is do not be frightened. We may say, don't freak out. You ever had somebody in your life, like you're just overwhelmed and you're, and they just say, hey, don't freak out. What God's saying here is, my people, Joshua, don't freak out. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Don't let your knees just wrangle together because you're shaking. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The idea is there are things to be frightened of. We need strength. Because things are difficult, relationships are difficult, conflicts are difficult to, to maneuver and to figure out how to relate rightly to people. Work and the strain of work and the grind of work and the responsibility of work, we need strength and we need courage to, to get up and to keep handling the responsibilities God's way. Handling our finances, many things that we're fearful of, how will things come together? How will I pay for this? There's many things. So it's not like we don't need strength and courage. We need it because of the the fog. We need it because of the unknown. We need it because of the difficult things. But the reason we can choose strength, the reason we can choose courage, is not because of ourselves. But It's because we have a guide to lead us who will be with us wherever that we go. So I want to kind of just walk through some ways this has happened in my own life. Is it hot in here? A little bit. It just feels a little, I'm just going to say it, just probably not supposed to do that, but it just feels a little hot. Like, so if you guys fall asleep, I'm watching. No, just kidding. I'm talking about the fog and it feels like it's rolling in here. Uh, So 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 what does that mean? Okay, if if God wants to guide us, how how does that happen uh, practically? And so I want to kind of walk through some scripture in the book of Philippians. Well, now this is the New Testament. And this is some instruction that that Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, gave to some early Christians. It was kind of like some encouragement, some perspective, like keep these in mind. He gives these these verses that are that are very instructive. But for our purposes this morning, it's this, this picture of we walk by faith and we do that as God guides us. We have to keep reminding ourselves that there's no magic key and there's no formula. There's no way to like snap your fingers and know everything you need to know. It's this like moment by moment, step by step process of walking with God. See, walking with God is this picture of it is step by step filled with fog, but you know, you are walking with him. That's what that means. But as you do that, God's promised to guide us in certain ways. And in the book of Philippians, Paul is describing kind of this instruction for, as God is guiding you and leading you forward, you can face the unknown with a, with a confidence because of that. And so he, he gives this like breakdown of These key things. And the first is when when I'm overwhelmed with the unknown, God guides me, He leads me forward as I pray with thanksgiving. Okay? Praying is talking to God. And the idea of talking to God is you actually let Him know what's on your mind, what you're dealing with, what you're troubled with. You also. pray and you you thank him for his goodness and so prayer and thanksgiving are two separate things but they come together and this is how god guides us and this is what paul says he says in philippians four six and seven have no anxiety about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god he goes on, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's very interesting when I when I read scriptures like this, and you go to the first sentence and you say, "Have no anxiety about anything." What does that include? What's anything? You ever read scriptures like that and it kind of freaks you out? You're like is there a different version that says just most stuff or just the things that don't involve the things that I really care about? No, it's, it's you know, have no anxiety about anything. But the reality is, is we're going to face anxiety, but the way that you don't stay on that path is you turn that into prayer. So when you, you face something that concerns you, what Paul is saying is, don't be anxious about that. Take that thing that you want to worry over, that you want to stew over, that you want to run scenarios over, and ask God for help. With prayers and supplication, the supplication is, God, I need you to come through in this specific way. God, I need you to help me with this thing. And it's different for, for all of us. But there's all sorts of things that, that we worry about. Now, here's, here's a, a brief quiz. Have you ever spent time worrying about something that has not happened yet? Isn't that an amazing thing that we can do as humans? I know for myself a thought will come and I enter this fog again where I take a thought and it's usually worry about something that I don't know. Related to something that I care about. And I start thinking, well, if this happens, then what if that happens? And then if that happens, what if that happens? And I'm like creating my own world, like a video game where I'm just building like this Alex worried world that doesn't exist. But I'm playing it and I'm fully, fully engaged. You guys done that? I do that all the time. And I take a step back. And I'm like, wait, that, that, that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. But I'd already like played it out. All the scenarios. And then I'll do this. But then what if that? Then I'll do this. No, well, like, oh, my goodness. Have you ever see me daydream? That could be what's happening. I'm not just like uh. some of the time I'm like, uh, but other times I'm like, what if this? we all do that? The way God guides you is you have to change the reflex. Instead of running that scenario where we get off on this worry trail filled with fog, alone, cut off, God says, hey, tell me about it. So as you're facing something that you're concerned with, about someone you care about, maybe it's choices that they're making and you just see them and you're like, oh, if they would only change. Instead of going down this path of all the choices and how it's going to lead to this and that, you you bring God in, God. God. You know everything about them. You know everything they face. You know everything they will face. You have made them. God, will you help them? God, will you help me to love them and know the words to say at the exact moment? Different reflex. But that's how God guides us. We have to get off this own trail that we just blaze by ourselves on the worry, the worry trail. We get back to God. Help me. Lead me, guide me. And we can do that in the different arenas we face, our finances, our relationships, stress that we're facing. Don't run the scenarios. Again, God's always telling me, Alex, don't run the scenarios. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. And then the the second part is this idea with thanksgiving. The reason that's important because that's really what turns the high beams off. Okay? Because oftentimes when we get in a worry, that's when the magic key becomes really attractive. There's a tangled mess, but if this one thing happens, it will all just be all put together again. And if I do this formula and I do this A and B and C, then all this will be better. But that's just more fog. What God's saying is, tell me about it. And then remember what I've done for you god wants to build a track record no matter where you are god wants to build a track record where you can experience his faithfulness of leading you over time that's what god does because if he's a guide and people throughout the centuries have trusted him to lead do you think they know if god's led them well You hear story after story of people who have given their life to God and they look back on their life and they've seen how God has brought them through the foggiest patches that they've ever experienced. He's the best guide; He does not fail or falter. He knows the way forward. And thankfulness has this way of unlocking what he's done. But for me, oftentimes, if I forget the thankfulness, the track record, the story that God's told in my life, all I see is the fog. And the high beams go up, the worry turns, and I think about what I can do to fix it. Paul's saying, don't do not do that. Pray with thanksgiving. That's the key way God leads. You, you pray to him. And you bring him into what you're facing. And he guides you forward. The second is once, you, once you've kind of tapped into the track record, the thanksgiving, and you, you've invited him in, We're actually commanded to focus our mind on the right things. It's so easy to focus on the wrong things. It's like we have a default to do that. But Paul, again, he just straightforward. Scripture, and and that's really what focusing on the right things is. If you want to focus your mind on what is right and what's true, you need the word of God in your life. You can't just focus on right and true by textbook by your experience by even a good teacher certainly not by culture certainly not by media you can't live your life by facebook or by twitter it's actually through the word of god that we can focus on the right things and this is what what paul says finally brethren Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So it goes back to the kind of the the previous survey question. Have you ever worried about things that have not happened? I think we'd all agree. Yes. Have you ever Been anxious about something that's actually not true. Yes. Have you ever felt alone? I know I have. Have you ever felt that you've done things that will never be made up for? Like you've you've failed. You've blown it. You ever felt you're not good enough? You ever felt you can't change? You ever felt you're going to be stuck? You ever felt that just, man, life, life is tough and there's no way forward? You ever felt those? I felt all of those. But did you know that while those feelings can be real, it's actually not true? I'm never alone. Because the Lord God is with me wherever I go. The other reason I'm never alone is because God's placed me in a community where I'm literally never alone. I have people. And there's times where I feel like I can't change. You know what? As I look back on my life with the thankfulness again, it triggers God has changed me. I'm not the same person that I was. And I still fail and I still mess up and I still will. But I can change because God's changed me. And Him working in me changes me. And as He guides me, He changes me. So to focus on the right things means we have to actually identify all the thoughts that we have that aren't true, that aren't right, that aren't pure, that aren't lovely. Because Paul's saying we can have a choice to what we think. We all have a choice. Paul's saying, think about these things. So if you want to think about what's true and what's right, you have to spend time regularly reading the Bible. And I want to encourage you, if that's not a part of your life, as you enter 2018, just begin just to ask God, God, help me to spend some time reading the Bible You're not sure where to start you can start in the book of john which is the new testament if you don't have a bible we would love to get one for you see me after the service but the only way you can focus on the right things is for you to know the right things and what's true that happens as you read the bible for yourself god guides you as you do that and as you pray with thanksgiving this is how you move forward in the christian life and you see god is with me he's leading me forward moment by moment His word can be my counsel. It directs me on the way forward how to handle that. I don't know about you, but that's exactly what I need because the fog is thick and I don't know the turns. God's saying, like, tell me about it. Remember the track record. And then read the scriptures that I've given you and they will guide you forward. So that's how he guides as we pray with thanksgiving. As we focus on the right things and what's true. And then the third is find wise examples to follow. He guides a lot of times in life through other people. Christianity actually isn't just me and Jesus. It's never designed to be like that. That's why as you read stories from the beginning of the scriptures to the end, there's this sense of there's this teeming that's always happening group of people a community church they're combined together god works through groups of people and one of the things that i have needed again and again and again in my life is people who are further along than me who face what i've faced because i've not seen god come through in this area yet they say oh no i i got this god came through for me i'm like oh God did that for you. He'll do that for me. So oftentimes we get to the end of our experience with God. We just haven't had that experience yet. It could be spiritual maturity. It could just be age and stage. But we haven't had this experience. We're like on the edge of what seems like a cliff. Like, Will God help me there? I've never been there before. You know, for me, it's like parenting older kids. You know, one of the things I'm facing right now is how to parent with freedom? That freaks me out because parenting, a lot of what it's just, you know, you want to do this, you don't want to do this, and why? Do this, don't do this, and why? And just help them kind of perspective. This is the way God wants us to go. My daughter is 11, going on 21, and now there's a point in parenting was like. Do what you think you need to do. What? No, don't do that. Do what I say. And she, you know, she hasn't left the house, so she still doesn't need to do what I say. But she needs to make choices for herself. But there's, I'm at the edge of that cliff. I don't know what lies on that other side. Freedom, but with freedom, there's grace. And choices become your own. That's a good thing. But I've got people around me in my life who've raised older kids and they can see God's come through for them. So that's one of the things I I need to do in the new year. I need to get more input, how to raise older kids. I don't know that, but I have people around me who are wiser, who've done that. That's what God does again and again. It could be in your finances. Maybe you've trust God with, with being generous and giving and your senses, you know, I need to be more generous. I need to grow in that. But you've not been there yet. and So there's this cliff that it seems like you're on. Well, God gives you wiser examples than yourself that you can follow and see that God's come through. As you extend yourself to advance God's kingdom, God comes through. It's not a cliff. It's just a mere little hill that you just walk down slowly as he guides you. Each area of life, this can happen. But you have to be willing to ask questions to people that are further down the road than you we live in a time where we just feel like we can have all the answers ourselves and at least if we don't know we can google it but do you imagine if i googled how to parent older kids what would what would that i would have loved to seen what that search was but i don't know if i want to bank my kids future on that i can't google that there's so many things we can't google it's helpful we're talking about moving forward in life. So wise examples, and this is what Paul says: "What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you." This idea of pull in to community, because as you pull into community, you have examples, and you see what they do. you see what they choose you see the hard things and you see god come through for them and then you can do it yourself the power of example and so there's two sides of that you may be here and you need an example in your life you need to take initiative with somebody that's older and wiser than you you know there's an area that you're facing you just you need to ask a question i'm facing this and i don't i don't know what to do could could you help me and then inside your stomach's churning because you're so nervous. Because what if they say something you actually have to change? I've been there. And then the other side is maybe you are somebody who you've had a track record of God coming through over the years. And you can help somebody who needs help. See, that, that's how we, we come together. So that's how God guides. He guides us personally through prayer with thanksgiving. He guides us. Through his word as we focus on the right things. and then he guides us through the lives of others who follow him as well. These are like our older brothers and our older sisters in God's family. There are examples, and we can be an example. And so all, all these things I've seen and again and again, I just have to come back to. Life's a fog. It's never fully going to be lifted. There's no magic key. There's no one formula that I can unlock and everything becomes clear. There's twists and turns that I see. There's twists and turns that I don't see. But what God's saying is, I'm I'm your guide. I'm not a part of a formula. I'm your guide. And then I'll guide you as you pray, as you read the scriptures, and as you get help from other people. And I, I'm still, this is just the lessons that I'm still needing to learn. So I don't want to encourage you, I'm going to invite Aaron and, and Eric back up. I just want to take a couple minutes to, to go over some, just some questions for you, for you to think about as we wrap up uh, this year. And you'll see them up on the screens. And we're just going to take just a couple minutes for you to just think about this. Because once you leave here, sometimes it's, it's, it's easy to forget. So I just want to give you just a couple minutes to think about some questions. OK, first question, what, what are some of the anxieties you have about your future? What are some of the anxieties that you have about your future? OK, the second aspect of that is how can you turn those worries into prayer? What's something that you can now, because you're worried about, ask God for help in? I've mentioned some of the areas in my own life. You, you, you have your own. Second, what can you thank God for? It's the last day of this year. What are some actual things that you can thank God for? Uh, What he has taught you? What scripture has helped you? Is there just something that you've read or you've heard that that really has helped you again and again? How God has strengthened your hope? Maybe you were just disappointed, disillusioned, and God just gave you hope in the moment. Or just how have you grown? Maybe there's an area that you've just made some progress. God's helped you gain some ground in. Thank God for that. the last is, is who is someone you need to get time with to encourage? Maybe there's someone that, that you, you know, you just need to encourage. You don't know if you could specifically help them, but you, you just want to love them. Maybe write that person's name down. Who's someone to ask a question and get input? Who's someone a little further down the road than you? Maybe that's faced an area that you're facing. You can get input from, and then who's someone that you just need to build a friendship with just to strengthen the resolve of, I'm not alone. God is with me and he's given.